for 30 this week. We are we have Kedrick Prince, the Illini Guys Director of Basketball Recruiting, and Mike Cagley from Illini Guy, the Illini Guy and Illini Guy Sports Spectacular and Big Sports Radio host. Joining us, we're going to talk some uh, high school basketball. You, you know, we, we get stuck on the transfer portal, and what we don't realize is sometimes – People actually recruit high school kids, too. Who knew? Like, it's not just transfer portal. So we're going to talk about high school basketball, high school recruiting. Uh, Mike was able to actually see some guys play in um, in Dallas um, a few weeks ago. And then Ked and I both this past weekend were able to go to Riverside Brookfield and see some really, really talented players in Riverside Brookfield. So this is going to be a fun time for us. We're going to get together. We're going to talk recruiting, break down some, evaluate some players, and and see where they stand. Of course, I, I guess the other big thing is we've got some, uh, you know, Illinois with with a new offer. So I'm going to start with the class of 2024. Illinois put out a new offer to uh, on Monday to uh, 2024 six foot ten from Yorkville, Jason Jaxtus, um, who is a you know a very mobile. Um, six foot ten kid. He's an elite shot blocker. I actually watched him against uh, Saint Ignatius, who has Phoenix Gill, and he had eleven block shots in that game. So this is a this I you know I, I sat with Jeff Alexander and Tim Anderson a little bit and watched him play this weekend, and they they're very high on him, and I, I was very um, they're very impressed with where he's developed, and he's just strength away from from being a really really good player, and you pair him up front with you can with uh, you know Marez Johnson, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, and you think uh, it could be pretty good. Ked, what are your thoughts on this offer? Well, I think it's great. And you know what? We, you're right. It was good to be back in the high school scene again. There's so much talk about the transfer portal, but Illinois needs to do a really, really good job of landing some kids in the 24 class, 25 as well. My thing is I like the transfer portal, but you have to continue to build and to, Make your roster full and keep if kids. I mean, it works both ways. Kids can leave, but if you can get kids, you know, on campus, and you know, you can't teach height, you know. And Morez is, you know, like you said, we'll talk about him in a second, but that would just be a, a tremendous class. And you know, he's obviously happy to get the offer, but I'm just really, really excited to know that they're still out there, you know, busting their humps out there trying to get these high school kids to to keep a roster. Maybe you don't have to make as many transfer uh, options in the offseason. Mike, yeah, what, do you, I love what do you the, think? I love the idea of another guy who can help protect the rim. And, you know, good luck to a team if they've got to go out on a 6'10 guy, leaving the lane wide open for somebody to try to guard Morez one-on-one. Um, that's a matchup that Illinois is going to like on either end with a, you know, that that's just that's the way basketball is being played. And, you get some 6'10 guys who are varied in their skills, and boy, it's a lot of fun to watch. No question, no question. And we, you know, speaking of 6'10 guys, you know, Jaxis obviously is the news, but I think the biggest news for me was watching Merez Johnson play. And I'm going to tell you what, this kid is just, I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, he has developed his game. I watched him make threes. I watched him make um, – I put it, put the ball on the floor. I watched him score in the post. I watched him, um, I, I don't know, do everything. I mean, I, I don't even know – I thought he looked like a five-star player to me. He scored – you know, on Sunday he had back-to-back games of – you know, I think he had combined in the two games around 40 points um, and, and 20 rebounds in the two games and just dominated – 
the, the game. And, and it was really impressive. I know, Ked, you got to watch him a little bit. What, what did you think? Well, I had a chance to watch him play, had a chance to talk to him. And before I evaluate his game, you know, I was going to tweet this, but I didn't do it. You know, we talked to Illinois, the men's programs, they have this hashtag everyday guys. The women's program is one way and Brett Bielema's is family. And the reason I'm bringing this up, I'm talking to Marez yesterday. You know, we talked Friday and then I'm talking to him yesterday. Out of nowhere, this kid texts me happy Father's Day. What high school kid randomly texts an adult out of that? And he did it because he appreciates the work that we have done covering him over the years. I just think he's a special kid. He's never ignored me as as, as a um, reporter. Basketball-wise, Mike, you and I saw him early in his career, a couple of years ago when, he was at, when we were at Washington. I think we both came away with the same analysis. You know, at, at the time, his running mate, teammate James Brown was ranked ahead of him because he was more polished offensively. Marez was athletic, blocking shots off the wall. Now you see the, I don't want to say the finished product, but oh my gosh, he is bigger. I mean, just when you see him on the court now, he looks, it looks like, I'm not, I'm exaggerating a little bit. It looks like Shaq out there with some of the little kids that was playing against him last week. He is so, and he, his game is expanded. He can shoot it and he can put it on the floor. Mike, when we saw him, when he was younger, one move, one post move, and that was it. Now he's looking to put the ball on the floor. People are defending him differently. So this, and he's a top 25 recruit. People got to, you know, don't put so much effort in the transfer portal and forget about kids like this. He has the potential to be a McDonald's All-American, the leading candidate from candidate for Mr. Basketball, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. You know, Ked and I were on – the Merez is a top 20 player, you know, two years ago, you know, in November, it was, it was evident the potential. What I saw, which is really interesting, Brad, and I was glad, you, you know, you've, you saw him, uh, you know, last weekend, I saw him in the EYBL in Dallas and Memphis, and you could see he was really close to putting it together. He would put the ball on the floor, make a great drive, get a layup out of it. The next time he might dribble into trouble, um, but he was very effective. But you could see the pieces coming together, even the difference from from Dallas to Memphis. And on his shot, you could tell like at the free throw line, he would go and he'd hit maybe six in a row. Then he'd miss a couple. And you could tell that the consistency of his jumper or his shot wasn't quite there but you could see it coming. And, and even the difference in his free throw form, if you watch the Dallas tournament versus Memphis, it was getting better. And I think it's clear that after the AAU season, he's put in that extra work. And really, isn't that what it takes to become the great player? You know, we, we talk about IO all the time. People think, well, what a talented player he is. But Brad, you've pointed out a thousand times every year, Io added something to his game, and the only way he added that was by busting his butt and doing repetitions, repetitions, repetitions. I see that that work ethic in Morez. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but boy, I think he's more, and, and he's fantastic physically, but I think he's more than that with the attitude and that everyday guys, you know, that he brings to the table. Now, he doesn't he hasn't earned our hashtag yet, which is eat pizza often, but you know, someday he may get there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's been impressive. I and I want to echo kind of what Ked said. You know, I, I talked to Merez uh, Sunday after he got done playing, and the thing that stands out to me, obviously, he's a great basketball player. He's six foot ten. He's two hundred and thirty, two hundred thirty five pounds, athletic, athletic, all this stuff. But he's just such a great kid to talk to, and he's always cordial. He's always friendly. He's always you know engaging. And and so and, he, and when he when I talked to him on Sunday, he was like. Thinking, talking about how his teammates and how he's trying to lead them. And he's a new kid at Thornton. He's trying to lead these kids to, you know, uh, that are just kind of learning and they got a bunch of new faces. And you can see he's just, you know, Ty Streets is relying on him to be a leader for him and um, really impressive uh, overall. I want to talk. I, I know you guys didn't get to see a couple of 2024s that I did because I know I was there on Saturday and Sunday. So I got two days worth. But I do want to mention two guys. One guy has some Illinois interest right now. Um, Josh Pickett from St. Lawrence. He's about a six foot five, uh, kind of a guard. He, he reminds me a ton of Mark Smith when you look at him, like in his body. Got a great body, good shooter, really good feel, passes the ball extremely well. Um, would be a guy that actually pairs really well if you have Draven Gibbs Lahorn as your two guard because you got a bigger guard and then a you know at the point and so forth. So he's kind of a combo, but I, I really like. I thought he played well, showed well in a new face. But the best player on St. Lawrence is Nogis Indrositis. The Iowa State commit was fantastic Saturday and Sunday. He scored at all three levels. He's now kind of playing free because he's the man. I mean, he's kind of, he doesn't have to worry about, they're playing like an open style. You know, it seems like, I think he diverted a little bit to uh, when he plays with, plays with Mean Streets, and I think he deferred a little, a little bit St. Rita. Now he's an older guy. He's going to be a senior. He was amazing. Like, I, and I, I, I'm telling you, like, if, if I'm, if I were an Illinois basketball coach, I'd be like, hey, this is the wing we need right here. I mean, I, I'd go, you know, I know, kind of backed off him a little bit at the end, and he went to committed to Iowa State, but he has, doesn't sign till November, right? So it's just recruiting, right? <laughs> so, so I guess you know that's that's kind of what I would look at. I really was impressed by him this weekend, and um I, with his game so so when we look at 2024 of course that's those are the main guys there's some other guys who played well this weekend there was a kid from east st louis named davis bynum who kind of shocked everybody six foot eight kid who had a great weekend but uh, he got a couple new low major offers and things that he didn't have before but i would um I, let's talk about 2025 because i think that's the class that's really really intriguing and obviously on the forefront for this Illini team Ted, what were some 2025 guys that you got to see? Well, I want to tell you right now, I mean, right away, when I was down there to look at some of the 25 kids, it was very, very impressive. You know, right away, I went down there to look. Uh, I was actually sitting to um, sitting with Coach Jeff Alexander, you know, when he was sitting there, and we were looking at some of these kids, and right away, you know, Phoenix Gill's a kid that everybody likes. I mean, I mean, I think he's kind of the guy that, you know, um, he had a big output. He scored 35 points in the game this weekend. I mean, he's picked up a couple more offers. I think Toledo was one. Maybe he had a, a day or two before. But I, I just don't know if a lot of the uh, Power 5 schools are still sold on him. But I know, um, I know Coach Jeff Alexander was excited to watch him play. And here's a, and another kid that I had the chance to watch was uh, – name was Alex Austin. He's a 2025 kid. That was the game. Plus Whitney uh, – oh, excuse me, Kenwood. And he was a guy that uh, Illinois was really, really interested in playing. 
and watching him play as well. Um, looked really, really good. Um, I said that wrong. Excuse me. I'm really, really sorry, guys. Um, but my point is, Illinois is looking for the same type of guys. They're looking for the same long, lengthy guys that can all play multiple positions. I mean, like, you know, the, even, even the guards, they want big guards. You know, a kid that doesn't have an Illinois offense name is Davion Hanna. Um, he's from Wisconsin, uh, but I believe, I mean, off record, he's going to be transferring, you know, to Kenwood. You talk about a highlight reel, an athletic guy, multiple Division One offers, and I think he's looking for an Illinois offer. According to his coaches, I think, you know, they think one's going to come pretty soon for him. I mean, he's he's really, really talented. He He's a highlight reel. I mean, he's like a young, not left-handed, young version of Kenny Battle, strong kid. That's who he reminds me of if you're one of those old school guys. But I really like, you know, what I saw in the 25 class. Now, the Austin kid, going back to him, you know, you know, talking to some of the coaches, I think his passing game is more suited than his offensive game. I don't know if his offensive game is where they would like it to be yet, but you can definitely see the potential being there, Brad. Yeah, I, I, Alston has the ability to shoot the ball. Uh, he's got good face-up game. I, I think he has some work to do on his body, obviously, and you know, kind of other parts of his game. Um, you mentioned Phoenix Gill. I thought Phoenix Gill was really good. Um, it was funny. I was sitting with a, um, you know, with a uh, a college coach, high major coach, and he said, you know, he's talking about him not playing AAU, and it's like, yeah, but and a high major coach said. You know, I said, you know, it seems like it maybe would be good for him to play. And he goes, you know, he probably doesn't have to because here we are all watching him anyway. So um, I, I think he's developed his game. I like Phoenix a lot. Um, obviously, he was a kid Illinois offered early. I think he's going to end up being the top player in that 2025 class in state unless the guy you mentioned, Davian Hanna, <laughs> ends up at Kenwood. Then I think he becomes the number one guy in the class. And, and so – Hannah's, you know, he, he's he's really he's spectacular. He's top, at least a top fifty kid, maybe higher. Um, I think Gill's going to slot in the top one hundred. Um, he, he's got a lot of upside. Alston is another top one hundred kid. You mentioned six foot nine shooter. Another kid that uh, was Antonio Munoz, who is a twenty twenty five kid that has an Illinois offer. Very athletic kid, six 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 seven, um, playing uh, with at Whitney Young. I thought he was he was good. He did some good things. Didn't have a great spring. Um, but he really is a guy who projects to be more of a, a forward down the road. Um, what do you think, like, Mike, I, I got to ask you a question. What do you think, like, in 2025, I think this is the year Illinois can maybe hit it big in, on the recruiting cycle, get a bunch of, you know, top 50, maybe even some five-star kids. I think they can get in on these kids. And there's a lot more talent in state. I think that does help. Yeah, and I think you you ultimately, you have an opportunity now to kind of rebalance things after the craziness of the transfer portal coming in and then at the same time having the extra COVID year, which really wreaked havoc on high school recruiting for every program across the country. Um, I do, I do think, you know, Gil is very interesting because I'm a big believer in the bloodlines and, you know, we all know what a legend his dad was. And with that type of athleticism, and, and he's a little thicker. I don't know that he's as tall as Kendall, but man, you know, I, I, that would be a hard guy to not be excited by. And then Alston's interesting because at six foot nine, the potential for him to jump up the rankings is you can see it there. And as he works on his body and gets more consistency, 
mean, that's a lot of there. You just rattled off a lot of talent that's in Illinois' backyard, and with Tim Anderson and you know Chester Frazier and Jeff Alexander, you expect them to do a pretty good job, especially the way Brad Underwood, you know, has the best record in the Big Ten the last four years. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Of course, you know, the one kid who's not in Illinois anymore, who's 2025, probably would be the top or one of the top couple players is Jeremiah Fears, who is now going to Compass Prep now uh, in Arizona. Um, that's going to be his next stop. Uh, I know he's actually visiting Illinois on Tuesday, June 20th. Um, he's going to be on a visit to Illinois. Um, I know Illinois spent a lot of time setting this visit up, and I think they're in uh, – Ken, I know you're – tight with them. I, I think I hear Illinois is in a pretty good position with Jeremiah Fierce. I would say it would be a safe bet to say I think they're in the driver's seat. Uh, he did transfer to Arizona Prep. I mean, so the people who are listening to this podcast, reason he left, I mean, he was going to go to Sunrise out in Kansas, um, was that he the coach quit and he wanted to make sure he was able to continue to play for a high-profile coach and you know, Mr. Fears is really about pushing his kids and making them earn everything. He doesn't want anything to be um, given to them. Um, so he will be visiting. He's excited. One of the things he told me he really wanted to see was Oven. I mean, that's just a big selling point. I mean, he's been to some other schools, but he's heard from other recruits how big, how nice Oven is. So uh, I'm really curious to see how things go for him. And I think right now, I'll be honest with you, I think he's Illinois to lose. Yeah, I would agree. Let me throw in one thing there. I think, you know, a lot of people know that, that you know, they, Illinois came close with Jeremy Jr. Um, but Jeremy Sr. is interesting when you talk to him because he's trying to figure out the best place for each son to land. And I think you can look at Jeremiah Fears' game and see that Brad Underwood is a natural for him. And I think the way Brad allows guys to to shoot and the way he lets them – get shots and, and, and in fairness, he lets guys miss shots. You know, you don't hear that because the media is so, so obsessed with trying to show Brad screaming on the sidelines. But I think that um, the way he believes in his guards and the way he coaches them from a shooting standpoint, Jeremiah fears is a good fit for that. And, and he really does, you know, he plays up a year and he'll bombs away from 25 feet uh, against older players and it doesn't seem to bother him what at all yeah we, we saw last year brad underwood definitely lets his guys shoot and miss a lot yeah exactly <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe he... it isn't my choice but it definitely <laughs> happened right <laughs> hey i want to talk about two 2026 kids that i liked that i know you guys didn't get a chance to see um a kid from bennett academy his name is gabe salarski so this is kind of an under the radar kid he's six foot six he has great positional size. He's a skilled, obviously, and he's sneaky athletic. And, and I think as he gets stronger, he's going to be even better. He goes to Bennett Academy, and he is a he had a really good weekend up at Riverside Brookfield. And I know Illinois liked what they saw. And he's young. He's just 2026. 20, so he's just a baby. He's just a sophomore. Um, but yeah, very impressive uh, weekend for him. And the other kid is kind of a guy who's he's kind of a secondary option for Whitney Young and his name Marquise Clark. He's a 2026, but he is an explosive guy going downhill. And he also made some shots from the perimeter. So 
He's got, but he's kind of playing a secondary role because again, he's a sophomore. He's just stepping into this varsity role, but he's a guy to watch. You need to watch him um, over the years, and I think Illinois is going to pay close attention. Now, the guys we've talked about here, I'll tell you right now, Illinois is already working on visits with these guys over the next couple weeks. What Riverside Brookfield gave them was a great opportunity to see these kids and figure out which kids they really think have potential down the road. It doesn't mean you're going to offer them, doesn't mean you're going to end up with them or whatever, but it gives you a chance to look at these guys. Like, for example, the guy they offered this week, Jason Jackson, is a kid who was on campus last winter. And so you watch, they watch him on film, they went and watched him live with high school, and then he's on campus, and then now, you know, then they get to watch him like in a, in a good competition setting, and he showed that he's improved his game and what he can be. So that's how it goes. All right, Ken, I want to ask you about a 2027 kid that you liked. Uh, tell me about him. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what. I do like this kid. He's a Whitney Young kid. His name is Howard Williams, and I'm not exaggerating one bit. I'm watching the game, and I'm sitting, you know, with Coach, and we didn't know this kid was was a freshman. I mean, this kid is – he's listed as six, you know, five, six, six, but Howard Williams is a 27 kid who is just oozing with talent. And the coolest thing was – you know, this was the first time he's, I guess, according to him, he was on the big stage. And, I mean, and you could tell kind of early, but the game settled down for him a little bit. And he looks and he, he looks like a junior, and he plays like a junior in high school. And he's only a freshman. And I like he's a rim protector. Uh, he finishes well in traffic. He's, I mean, anything that goes up on the rim. I mean, he was bumping bodies, going, you know, going to go get the rebound and I'm gonna tell you I know at some point in time this kick continues to develop because I'm telling you I was sitting next to coach Jeff Alexander and he looked at me and multiple times and said to me did you see that and then there was other coaches that were obviously taking notes at some point this kid's going to get an early offer from some people because you know at that size and playing for a good program like Whitney Young there's just no way in the world that he's not going to get an offer like that. And he's already a big kid. And I like how he's reminds me a lot of Morez Johnson a, a little bit, to be honest with you, because you know what? He's soft-spoken. He's very respectful. Like you mentioned earlier, Brad, but just talent wise, and he's, he's a big kid. You know, I know at some point Illinois will, will, get, will get this kid on campus. Yeah. It's interesting. Williams, you mentioned Morez. I think that's a great comparison. So I, I first saw Morez during COVID. So it would have been his freshman year. I went up to Milwaukee and I got to see him play, you know, early in the AAU season. And, and he was, um, and, and I, th- same thing. He was just a kid who was still finding himself. He's six, 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 seven, still growing. That he, it is a good, that's a good comparison, kid. Um, when you look at the development, if he develops like Merez, he's going to be okay. Cause Merez is really good. Right. Uh, as we've talked about um, two other 2027 kids that I got a chance to watch. I know you guys didn't get to see them. Um, maybe, but there were two 2027 guards. So, and they, they actually have a connection here. Um, so one of them was a kid named Jackson Davis. So Jackson Davis is a kid that, um, is, uh, his father, Brian Davis. If Ked, you'll remember this. There aren't many guys in the recruiting trail remember this, just a few of us, but Brian Davis was very important in helping. He used to run a own co-owner of joy in the game, joy of the game. Up in Waukegan, uh, I remember he, that. And so he, with uh, with Mike Weinstein, right? And so, yeah. but Brian Davis used to also coach the Rising Star team, which had Jeremy Richmond on it. And so he was 
very integral in helping Illinois get and keep Jeremy Richmond um, back in that time period. Um, and he was, you know, a great advocate for Illinois. So to see his son now be a freshman and he is a lefty point guard and he is a jet with the ball and he can shoot it. I was talking to Scott Burgess who runs uh, Illinois hoops and um, he, he Illinois prep hoops and he actually saw him score 44 this spring in a game and I watched him and he has, he has that game and he's a freshman. So he defers a little bit to the older guys, but man, at the end of the game, he made two free throws in one game to, to ice it. And you saw that they were like, he's our guy. We're going to, they, they ran a play to get him the ball at the end of a game. So he could be the one shooting the free throws. It's really impressive kid. Um, and the other kid is a kid from Bolingbrook. Um, and uh, J- now Jackson Davis goes to Warren, by the way, uh, Warren home of, who knows? Former Illini, Brandon Paul. Couldn't get it off fast enough. Yep. Brandon Paul. So Warren, so they, getting our guard from Warren, that'd be okay if he's good. But another kid from Bolingbrook who is also, um, he's a lefty. He's about 6'2", 6'3". And he's really, a, he looks like a baby out there. And then he glides and does some things. You're like, holy cow, he's just extremely smooth, fluid, athletic kid. And it's Davion Thompson. Now, here's the thing about Davion Thompson. He's also the top football recruit in 2027 in the state of Illinois and one of the top three or four basketball recruits. So this is a kid who's going to be really good. I don't know which sport he's going to play. Evidently, he's a quarterback, but Bolingbrook has a quarterback who started as a sophomore last year. So, you know, it may move him to a different position early on in his high school career, but He's obviously going to be really good because he's so athletic too. Um, but yeah, he was really impressive. You know, you could see him kind of finding his way in the first game of his, you know, kind of, uh, you know, playing at a high level. And then once it clicked in the second half, it was like, this kid's elite. I mean, this kid's really good. He's making scoring in all different manners, blocking shots, getting tips and things like that. So really impressive uh, for me. So, and I guess it's really good to see in-state kids be good. I mean, it's been a while since Illinois, you know, so many kids have gone out of state and maybe these kids will too down the road, but it's good to see some in-state talent that Illinois can recruit. I'm really excited about that. What do you guys, does that seem to make sense? Yeah. You know what? It's been a while. I mean, because, and let's face it, a lot of the kids from the state, they didn't, you know, they don't all come. And now I think because Illinois is attractive, I think they're a program now where they don't have to go out and, and, and sell wishes. You know, you know, Mike mentioned Coach Underwood's success that he's had at Illinois. Uh, people know who they are. You know, when you go talk to a kid and, you know, uh, they'll tell you, yeah, I saw the Illinois coaches sitting up front. And, you know, even though Morales Johnson committed to Illinois, and he, you know, he knew right away. And seeing that orange eye now actually means something. And, you know, I so – um, it's good because the entire state, the entire state, there's no, I don't think there's a stranglehold on anything. I think people are really looking at the state, University of Illinois thinking, hey, I can go to school there. You know, you can be successful. They play a good schedule. They're on TV. You know, certainly NIL helps with that, but that's another subject for another day. But I just really, really think this 25 class, and I mean, we talked about a lot of kids, and I'm just, you know, my last comment, the one kid I really think that I don't want to see them sleep on. And we've talked about this kid. I, I really think Phoenix Gill is going to be a player. Not because only because of his dad, but I remember watching that kid in the state tournament. That kid, he has gotten better every time I've seen him play. 
<laughs> yeah, blown, um, he was blown up like my sneeze there. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, the, so, the Illini, if you, if you look historically, there's a few things that, that they need to be good. The first part is you got to have two coaches. And if you want to throw in, you know, you got Underwood, you got Bielema. And if you want to throw in, you know, uh, Coach Green as well, um, you've got coaches who are talented. You don't win in the Big Ten with some chucklehead on the sidelines. You got to have a stud. Second thing is, is Illinois is historically is stronger when their high schools are producing athletes. And you take a look at the 80s Illini, particularly in basketball, but also in football, the state of Illinois was producing good players and good players go to play for good coaches. The third thing is you have to have an athletic director who understands how to attract good coaches and how to create facilities that players want to, to, to use and be at um, and enjoy. And you want to have somebody who understands how to get players there. And Josh Whitman has got good coaches, and he also understands the NIL program. And I'm telling you right now, if you're a Chicago uh, athlete or a parent of an athlete, having an NIL um, opportunity – for a player who's playing in Champaign, who grew up in Chicago, will provide opportunities for kids to do quite well for themselves by playing off the local name. I think had Io come along two years later, Chicago, you would see him all over Chicago before he ever became a bull. And I think that those when you add those three factors, this 2025 class, we may see him stay at home. And that's when you do things like go to Seattle, let's say, for a Final Four. Yeah, I, I agree. The other thing I think that, you know, it's pretty easy for kids to transfer when they have no connection to Illinois. You know what I mean? Like when you look, when you recruit kids from out of state, and you have a kid or from out of country or whatever, it's really you're trying to keep them. You're selling them over and over. But when you have kids who are in-state kids who are loyal to the university, who have connection to the state. They tend to, I think they tend to be more likely to maybe battle through. I mean, I, I look at even a kid like, you know, Coleman Hawkins grew up, you know, his dad obviously connected to Illinois. Yeah, he's going to stick around four years. You know, you look at a Luke Goody, who is from close in Fort Wayne. He's not far from Illinois. Stick around. This is his third year. Ty Rogers sticks around for a second year. All these, you look at the guys that stay, Io stuck around for three years and they stay because they, there's a connection there, I think, and, and it means something. And maybe it means a little bit more to them. So maybe having some in-state kids, you won't see as many people uh, transferring in the portal. And, and I do think the portal is always going to be a part of it, but maybe this is a, you know, maybe there's a slightly better uh, a way to do it. So what you do know, you guys I, think about hey, that? Hey, I had a chance to talk to uh, Ty Rogers as well and i know he kind of grew up in michigan and he became you know obviously he went to thornton but you know he's one of those guys too that i know early on uh, the coaches thought there was a possibility he could be one and done but it took him a while to adjust to the game and he did eventually and reason i'm bringing him up he's one of those guys brad that i think that is kind of really really loyal he's he's a different guy too just because his he's built differently and 
I don't think he's a guy that is, you know, I don't, a lot of guys, money matters, and I'm sure it does to everybody, but just enticing him because where he is spiritually and he's just, he's a good old soul is what I call him. And to be 20 years old, you don't see kids like that. I mean, and I think he's a guy that people forget about, but I could see him, you know, if he does take that next step, because he talked to me about this is going to be different. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a guy that's just going to launch one three pointer for a whole season. And, you know, he knows he's a smart kid, what he, what part of his game he needs to work on. But, uh, I think he's a loyal guy that could be a guy that could be around for maybe till he's a junior. And he, that's one guy I would really like to see play at the next level. Because he is. He's a point forward. I mean, he's the natural point guard. No, but he's a guy that you could build a team around and a vocal leader because he's an easy guy to follow. Yeah, I agree. The one thing people always ask about is who's going to be the point guard for Illinois. And I, I think the biggest issue, I was talking to a coach this week, and the biggest thing, they, they're actually more concerned about making sure they have enough shooters to space the floor around guys um, and, and, and that, and they think like, you know, they really want a guy to come in and get the ball into the office. The other thing offense. And then the other thing they want are guys who can play without the ball guys who can back cut when they, when the opportunity is there. And I'm not trying to be mean here to Matt Meyer, but Matt Meyer was an ISO player. I mean, he, he almost, you know, he'd stand, he'd stand in the corner away for RJ Melendez wasn't a guy who was great at moving without the ball, really. I mean, you know, so neither were the freshmen, Epps, Clark. I mean, so they struggled with that. So you had a bunch of guys, you know, and Dane was a freshman, really. I mean, experience-wise. So I think you're going to see an older team that moves better without the ball, and that's going to alleviate some of the issues you had last year. They're also going to shoot the ball better. They're going to have more guys who can create mismatches. They're going to promote double teams. And and, and I think it's going to be, I think they're going to be okay. And, and I think we're going to, I don't know what they're, where they're going to, what they're going to be, but I'll tell you this, they're going to be better than they were a year ago in, in those areas. Now can, does that translate to more wins? We'll find out and, and we'll see how it shakes out. But if, if it works out, it could be really, really good. And I, and I know we have to uh, wrap up here, but I just want to thank uh, Mike Cagley and uh, Kedrick Prince for joining me. Also, uh, you know, Thanks to Mike Ryan Group for running a great event after the Riverside Brookfield shootout. Um, we definitely had uh, you know, a lot to talk about here. Hope you enjoyed it on this edition of Sturdy for 30. Thanks for listening.